Welcome back into the JV show. It is December 1st. It's actually November 29th. But there's snow on the ground. Christmas is here. It is the season to believe. The season to have joy and merry in one's life. Got the Christmas lights going. Got hot chocolate on the way. It's going to be a good month. I can feel it in my bones. Um, Speaking of good weeks, I actually had a decent week with the picks last week. Sunday night and Monday night football came in clutch for me. I went two for two, or I guess four and oh. So that's pretty awesome. Um, I guess we'll recap those two games, even though they don't have much implications based on the outcome. So the Steelers beat the Colts. 24-17, Twenty-four to seventeen. Uh, Najee Harris left the game early with an ab injury. That's never good to hear about. Um, some weird shenanigans happening at the end of the game. Well, let's start with the beginning. The Colts had seventy-one total yards in the first half, zero in the first quarter. Somehow ended with two hundred ninety on the day. But it comes down to the final drive. The interim coach, Jeff Saturday, doesn't use any of his timeouts until they're too late. They let 30 seconds go off the clock after Matt Ryan has another 15-yard scramble. He's got two 15-yard-plus scrambles this year. He's got some wheels on him. But they hurried it up to get a Jonathan Taylor run that went for no gain. Um, they were just 3 of 12 on third downs. The defense was solid, but they're playing the Pittsburgh offense. Do we think that the Pittsburgh offense is any good? I, I like to think not. Um, look, I had the Steelers to win because I think their defense was really good, and their defense showed up in the first half. Um, and then after that, I think they were just kind of playing playing off their laurels. Michael Pittman had a really bad first half. He had a, he had a catch that he should have had that ended up getting picked. You know, he did commit offensive pass interference on the play, but they don't like to talk about that. Look, the Saturday experiment, he's one and two. You know, they could have beat the Eagles last week. That would have been a nice, nice feather to have in his cap, but it didn't happen. And they could have had this game too, but they didn't because they're not that great of a team. Uh, so far, no Matt Ryan coaching change. But the, the Colts are one of those teams that I just I don't want to talk about much anymore. Uh, Pittsburgh's in that same boat. You know, Pittsburgh moves to what's their record? I think they're four and or five and eight now. For four and seven, is that? Oh yeah, it was week twelve last week. The um, which segues me into the playoff picture. Nothing changed from earlier this week. The Sunday night game and the. Monday night game had no bearing on it whatsoever. So we still have the Chiefs, Dolphins, Titans, Ravens locked into the divisional seeds. And then the Bills, Bengals, and Jets as the wild cards. For the NFC is Philly, Vikings, Niners, Bucks in division leads. And then the Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders. All NFC East teams are in the playoffs as we speak like we all predicted. 
Uh, I'll talk a little bit about Sunday night game. Two biggest things coming out of this game. Philadelphia. Goodness. Ran for 350 yards, 150 of that coming from Jalen Hurts. Miles Sanders having a career game. This Packers defense is not what we thought it was going to be at the start of the year. Well, maybe not we. I thought it was going to be really great at the end of the or beginning of the year. And they're just not good. Teams can run on them at will. And Philly being one of the best running teams in the league. Uh, yeah, they destroyed the Packers. However, on offense, the Packers mustered 33 points. Despite Aaron Rodgers leaving uh, in the middle of the game, he suffered a rib injury. Also has been playing through a busted hand for most of the season, like we kind of thought he was. I'm trying to see when, yeah, Jordan Love came in. He was, you know, he was good in, in a pinch. He had 113 passing yards, um, led a touchdown drive and a field goal. So the game was still in play. But the Eagles at that point in the game were trying very hard. And I think that moves us into week 13. But before we get to the Packers, let's do a little bit of Thursday night football game. Everybody's favorite, right? We all love Thursday night football. You know, it's funny because... When COVID was happening, we had those Tuesday night games, those Wednesday night games. We thought it was a lot of fun. But the the regular Thursday night game, the play is never that great. They're always weird. And I don't think it's really good for the players. But kicking us off at, wait, what in the world? Oh, these are all East Coast times. I thought we had a late Thursday night game for some reason. The Bills visit the Patriots on Thursday night football. Hopefully the Bills can pull it off to keep them in contention to win the division and the playoff picture. Buffalo opened up a a a 5.5-point favorite. They're now 5-point favorite. Over-unders 43.5. Mac Jones coming off his career game last week despite getting screwed by some calls. Even I never thought I'd hear myself defending the Patriots getting hosed on calls, but here we are. Bills eking out a win against the Lions last week. Oh, where do I want to go with this? Do I play with my heart? I think my heart and my mind are in lockstep on this one. I think Buffalo wins it. And outside of the albatross of a game last year where the Patriots won, what was it, like 3-0? to it's like three to zero. Wasn't it something stupid? Let's see what, what the actual score was. It was... Oh, it was 14 to 10. <laughs> Not quite that bad, but still. Um, the last three games that they've had, Bills whomped them in the playoffs. And the Bills beat them 33 to 21. But if I recall correctly, that game wasn't that close. I'm going to take the Bills here to win, and I'll take the Bills to cover the spread. I think this is one of those get-right game. The Bills are just better. 
the Patriots' offense. They scored a lot of points last week. Could have scored more, but I don't think the Vikings are as great of defense as the Bills are. They're getting healthier. Jordan Poyer should be coming back. And I think Tredavious White might be back. It's too hard to tell. I am recording on a Tuesday for the Thursday night games. Okay, let's move on to that game. That should that will hopefully be a fun game. The weather, it's snowing all over the northern part of the United States. I don't know if there's going to be snow up in Foxborough. If there is, actually. Why do I bother checking the weather? It's two days from now. If, if, there's, if there's a chance of a snowstorm, I might take the Patriots plus the five. But still. Okay, moving on to the Sunday games. No early games or anything like that. Starts at 12 p.m. Pittsburgh are one-and-a-half-point dogs visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Let's see. I'm going to look at the slate really quick. I don't want to use my... I don't want to use the coin mulligan just yet. It's too early. You know what? I'm going to take the Steelers. Pittsburgh's offense has been doing better the last couple of weeks. They scored 24 this past week, and then they scored, was it 30? Yeah, they lost 37-30 to 30 against the Bengals, even though that was a really, really late touchdown when the game was out of hand. And the Falcons, I you know, I'm just I'm kind of done with them. They were cool and fun to start the year, but let's... Show me Desmond Ritter and maybe I'll get excited, but I, I I don't want nothing to do with the Falcons right now. They, they don't do anything fun. The Steelers, at least I like watching the defense fly around. I, I don't get that with the Falcons, you know. Kyle Pitts is out for the year. Drake London doesn't get the ball thrown to him. And their running game is gross right now. All right. That's 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 the easy game to talk about. I think that's fair. Okay. Whoa. Broncos are eight point dogs going to Baltimore. Oh okay. Well I'm taking Baltimore to win. See this this is the kind of game where I wish I could have something to bounce off someone have ideas to bounce off to someone. Because every fiber of my being wants to take Baltimore minus eight. Because the Broncos defense gave up 23 points to the Panthers the past week when they couldn't score three uh, against the Ravens two weeks ago. Granted, that was Baker Mayfield. Sam Darnold's somehow better than Baker Mayfield. (sighs) The Ravens just, they blow these close leads. But the Broncos can't capitalize on blowing on blown leads. This is a rock and a hard place game. I feel comfortable taking Baltimore to win, bounce back after getting stunned by the Jags last week. But that's so many points. Eight points? It wasn't seven, now it's at eight. The over-under has been bet down to 38 and a half. <sighs> Goodness gracious! I don't, I don't like, I don't like this. Ugh! I guess I'm taking Denver plus eight. 
because Baltimore only knows how to play close games, they'll, they'll somehow win it. But I guess I'm covering my butt here because if Denver somehow, like if Baltimore blows them out, the Baltimore wins. But if Denver somehow pulls this game out of their butt, at least they get the cover. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. A tale of two teams whose quarterback I have no idea is starting. The Packers visiting the Bears. The ba- Packers are three-point favorites. It could be Jordan Love versus Trevor Simeon this week. I don't think Rodgers is going to play this week between his ribs and his hand. And they're four and eight. Why bother? And look, has Rodgers played great this season? No. Is he a bad quarterback now? No. I know his contract is a lot, but we've seen people be traded on with contracts before. He's going to play next year. I, I'm. I'm. I believe that. I don't know if it'll be for the Packers because at this point with the Packers, see what you have from as a franchise. You have to see what you have in Jordan Love because he's coming on his third year, coming off his third year this year. You have to make the decision whether or not to pick up his fifth year option because he's a first round pick. See what you have in him so at least you know. And let's be honest, even if you go nine and eight the rest of the season, the odds are you probably won't make the playoffs because the Commanders would have to fall in their face. So would the Giants. And then so would either the Cowboys or the Eagles because both of those teams are going to make the playoffs, I believe, for sure. And, you know, the other three spots are division spots. You're not going to win your division at this point. The Vikings are too far ahead unless they... Well, I don't know. They have to win. No, they're already 10 and... What? Yeah, the Vikings... What's the Vikings record? Is it 9 and 1? 9 and 2. So if they win one more game, they they clinch the division. Actually, no, I take that back because technically the Lions could take the division as well. But if the Vikings win one more game, the Packers and Bears are knocked out of winning the division. Somehow the Lions are the only one <laughs> able to win the division outside of the Vikings. That's funny. Um, but yeah, it's not going to happen. Vikings would have to, yeah, yeah. Vikings have to get to 11 wins to secure the division or the Lions have to lose. So just play Jordan Love. And with Jordan Love, do I take the Packers minus three? With Trevor Simeon. Because with the Bears, right now you have the second overall pick. Why would you try to win more games? You you know Justin Fields is your guy, at least for the next year. You have him for another... You have him for one more year. And then you have to decide if you want to pick up his option. Uh, What's, what's the better team? The Bears got destroyed by the Jets last week. The Jets defense is really good. Hmm. Uh, I'll take the Packers. Darnell Mooney's out for the year. Khalil Herbert's still injured. You're down to Chase Claypool, David Montgomery, and Trevor Simeon. At least with the Packers, Christian Watson has... He's broken out at this point. He's three really solid games in a row. Hasn't led to wins in two of the games. 
but he's he's played really good. So I'll take Green Bay. I'll take the minus three. I don't love it by any stretch of the imagination. Okay, I think this is my coin flip game, mainly because it is literally a coin flip game. The Lions are one-point favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hmm. Actually, do I make this my coin flip game? Is there any other game that I feel really conflicted about? No, no. No, no, no. Yeah. All right. This is my mulligan game. If I get it wrong, it's not my fault. Big ol' M. Big ol' asterisk. Asterisk right next to it. Okay. Now, I'm going to remember. Heads. For the spread. Not that it really matters because it's a pick em. I guess, yeah. Whoever wins is going to cover the spread. All right. Heads, Detroit, since they're the home favorite. Heads. Actually, I was leaning towards the Lions, so I'm okay with that. Maybe I should start doing this more often. Let's have the coin do all my picks for me. All right. The Browns are seven-point favorites against the Texans. This should be Deshaun Watson's return game. He was reinstated earlier this week. I feel gross. I want to take the Texans, but Kyle freaking Allen was starting for him. They mustered 15 points when the Dolphins weren't trying very hard because they were up 30 to nothing. I have to take Cleveland here. They're so bad, them being the Texans. And they've got that first overall pick on lockdown right now. Why why screw it up? Um, Sean Watson, scumbag. If you pick him up in fantasy, you're a pervert. And that's, you know, I I hope the Browns win in spite of Deshaun Watson. I hope Deshaun Watson plays terrible and Nick Chubb goes off for 400 yards. Um, Okay, yeah. Moving on. Oh, this is a fun game. The Jets visit the Vikings. Vikings were three-and-a-half-point favorites. Now they are three-point favorites. Do I take... Magic Mike and the Giants, not the Giants, the Jets, dummy. I think, shoot, they lost Michael Carter. Now it's down to someone named Zonovan White and Ty Johnson running the ball. Vikings coming off a pretty, I don't want to say lucky, but they're coming off a win (laughs) against the Patriots. I've said my piece about that game. That Jets defense is hellacious, though. I'm taking the Jets to cover the spread for sure. I think it'll be a close game either way. Vikings, they all they do is win close games, so I'll take Minnesota to win. It's not prime time. It's 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 one p.m. Kirk Cousins. Oh wow. The Commanders. Opened as a one-point favorite against the Giants. Now they're two-and-a-half favorites. This is a... F- Commanders are... are what are they? Five-and-one or six-and-one in the last seven games? I'm taking the Giants here. Giants have had two bad weeks in a row. They lost to the Lions two weeks ago, and then they lost to the... Uh, who the heck did they lose to this past week? I'm blanking on it. Um... 
Where are my notes from last week? Who the heck did they play? Oh, brain fart. Oh, my gosh. They lost to Dallas. Duh. Idiot. Yeah. Uh, they they kept the game close against Dallas last week because Dallas played stupid football for the first half. And I'm still not a full believer in the uh, commanders. They're playing really good football, but Taylor Heineke will will give it to you as much as he gives it to his team. I think Saquon's going to have a great game. I think he's going to have a big bounce-back game because he's been struggling the last several weeks. <sighs> Honestly, if you're looking to bet this game, I'd wait till the end of the week with the way the spread's going. It's already moved by a point and a half. And if you can get the Giants plus three, I love the Giants in that spot. But I also like them to win the game. It's going to be a weird divisional game, as they tend to be. And I like the Giants to bounce back after a two-week slide. Because while I don't think they're as good as their record says, I don't think they're as bad as they've been the last two weeks either. Because they've been doing it with no receivers all year. So you can't use that as, a, oh, well, they have no receivers now. Well, it's been, it's been that way pretty much the entire year. So what, like, what are you expecting from them at this point with the receiving core? Okay. Oh, fun game. The Titans... Opened up as a six-and-a-half-point dog. They're now five-and-a-half-point dogs to the Philadelphia Eagles. Titans, once again, getting the disrespect that their fans so lovingly love to uh, talk about all the time. Philadelphia coming off probably their, actually not probably, their best offensive game of the year. 350 rushing yards against the Woeful Packers defense. Titans are relatively good against the run, not so much against the pass. The Titans get their opponent to play down to their level. And the Titans play down to the level if it's a worse opponent. So I'm going to take the Titans to cover. I'll take Philly to win, but I'll take the Titans to cover. This might be a classic. Um, Titans let down spot like it was against the Bills earlier than you when everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Titans beat the Bills in 2021 early in the year, and then they got destroyed. Traylon Burks looking like he might be worthy of a number one overall pick, even though he's still only got like 18% of the targets. Feed him the ball more, please. My fantasy team would appreciate it, especially after losing. But I need to rant about fantasy real quick. It is... Just disgusting. The luck that I had this past week. I had the second most points far and away by at least 15 points. And I lose to the guy who scores 187 points when I had 150. It's it's total bullcrap. I'm looking out on the playoffs right now. I might miss the playoffs for the first time in like seven years. I'm in shambles right now. Trying to eke out wins the next two weeks. The playoffs start week 15 for us. And we've got... We've got two more weeks left. I'm stressing. Thank God that fantasy football doesn't ruin my week like it used to. Because let's be honest, we've all been there with fantasy football. If we lose one one week, the rest of the week is shot. You are in misery, at least on that Monday, Tuesday, sometimes a Wednesday. But thankfully, I can just move on after that. <laughs> got other stuff to worry about. Holy... 
I'm looking at the next game right now. The Seahawks going to the LA Rams. They open up as a three and a half point favorite. They're currently minus eight. I don't think I've seen a line move that much this whole season. That I'm gonna refresh this page, make sure it's not some kind of like wacky typo. No, it, they they are minus eight. Let's let's look at. I'm looking at a site right now. Let's look at. Let's look at another site here. What are the Hawks favored by? This is the one I definitely want to shop the odds for. Because while the Hawks got stunned last week with Josh Jacobs having his career game, they lost to the Bucks before their bye. I'm taking the Hawks to win here for sure. I just want to see if the line really is minus eight now. It's probably what it should be because the Rams are gross. And the only reason they might have gotten a three-and-a-half-point line is because they kept it somewhat close. Okay, yep, they are eight-point favorites. Goodness. I'm still going to take the Hawks minus eight. They're far better than the Rams. Because what what do the Rams have to hang their hat on? They can't run the ball. Bryce Perkins, he's a wide receiver playing quarterback. Allen Robinson is injured, and I think he's done for the year. Cooper Cup's out. Daryl Henderson's gone. Cam Akers can't run. Um, Kyron Williams is, he's an okay running back. Tyler Higby, is he their best skill player now? Maybe Van Jefferson? Or I guess Tutu Atwell. Um, I, I, I can't take, I, I cannot in good conscience take the Rams, which I freaking called they were going to be terrible this year. God, that feels good. Uh, and I, and the Hawks... I think they bounce back. Currently out of the playoffs, the Seattle Seahawks. But I think I think they get that bounce back. <clears throat> yeah, the the Rams are terrible. I, I'm not no, you can't expect me to take the Rams and you can't force me to. I probably won't take them the rest of this year. I don't know what the line would have to be for me to take them. It'd have to be at least ten points for me to consider it, but even minus eight, I'm not blinking on that. All right, going to is it start the afternoon? I don't know. The Hawks started the afternoon slate for us. We have another four afternoon games. Uh, by the way, we have two teams on by the Panthers and the Cardinals. I don't think we'll be missing them very much. The Dolphins coming to San Francisco. They're three and a half point dogs. They started as a four and a half point dog, so the public likes Miami, evidently. But I'm gonna take the Niners here. The defense is playing lights out football. I think that they will do more than enough to subdue the red hot Miami Dolphins offense. I think that they get back on track. I think I think it was a look ahead game last week, the more that I thought about it against the Saints. I did take the Saints too seriously. They played with their food. It kept it close. 13-0. Defense still shut them out. I think that the 49ers are primed and ready for this. I mean, we're going to see the narrative of Mike McDaniels. He might know the, the secret code to cracking this 49ers defense. No. I think that the master Kyle Shanahan will show the pupil 
who's still boss. All comes down to Jimmy G. Will he be Jimmy great or Jimmy bad? I think he's going to have a good game. And I think the pieces around him will rally and make him look look make him look pretty freaking good. But I'm curious, what about the Miami Dolphins defense is at right now? In terms of ranking. Cause I know they're not special there, so they're fifteen right now. Nope, that's heading into the twenty twenty two season. What the heck? Okay, I don't care about the Texans game last week. That's who cares? It's the freaking Texans. And Kyle Allen was playing for him. Alright, so right now... I don't want to see 2021. I want to see 2022. Alright, so top five defenses right now, what we're looking at, based off of points allowed per game. The 49ers are allowing 14 points per game. 280 yards passing per game. Wow. Allowing just under 80 rushing yards again. Then we got the Cowboys, Broncos, Bills, and Titans. Let's see. Dolphins defense is at 19, so not not awful. They're allowing around 22.5 points a game, but that's quite the discrepancy between the Niners and Dolphins. So based just off of that, I'm going to take the... 49ers defense. Uh, honestly, I don't really think it matters since the Bradley Chubb trade. Because, like, like I said at the time, Bradley Chubb, he's a fine defensive player, but he's not worth what the Dolphins gave up for him. In my humble opinion. But that's going to be a fun game. I'm looking forward to that game a lot. The game I'm looking forward to the most this week, the Kansas City Chiefs are two-and-a-half-point favorites coming to Cincinnati. think that kind of like the Niners against the Saints, I think they were looking ahead towards this game against the Bengals. Chiefs are 0-2 against Joe Burrow. No big deal. The over-under is 52.5. KC opened at three-point favorites. Now they're only 2.5. I'm putting my proverbial nuts on the table. I'm taking Cincy. I think the Bengals are playing amazing football as of late. They're five and one after starting one and three. I'm gonna take them plus two and a half. The Chiefs, look, Mahomes deserves to be the MVP. But for some reason, at least in the regular season, you know, the Burrow didn't play amazing in the playoffs against the Chiefs, but he did just enough to keep them back. They were down twenty one to three, and he had a lot to do with that. And then he played lights out in the regular season against them around the same time. I think it was week 15 when they played. Or no, week 16 when they played. Yeah, it was week 16 because I had Burrow and Chase week 15 against the Broncos. They didn't do anything in fantasy and cost me the championship. Because after that, week 16 through 18, Burrow and Chase were unreal. And speaking of Chase, he will be back this week. They thought he was going to play against the Titans. They kept him out for one more game, but he's back now. Joe Mixon might also be back. We'll have to monitor the practice reports, but even if he's out, Samaje Piran's been a pretty okay running back for him. He's been better than okay. He's been really good. This is also going to be my lock of the week. Let me keep taking the 
Need to keep doing records of that. But I, I firmly believe that the Bengals will beat the Chiefs and make a certain um, sports commentator cry on national TV. Okay. Moving on to the second, no, the last afternoon game. The Chargers are two-point favorites against the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs is not practicing right now after his amazing game. That gives me all the confidence in the world to take the Chargers. The Chargers, they eked one out against the Cardinals last week with that amazing two-point conversion play. They're playing for their life right now. They cannot afford to lose any more games. And the Raiders are 2-0 in the last last two weeks. They beat my Seattle Seahawks. That game could have gone either way. The biggest thing that's scaring me right now is not the Chargers' skill positions, it's their offensive line. Corey Lindsley left the game earlier in the season, and, this, and they're already down. Uh, Rayshon Slater and a couple other guys from earlier in the season. That offensive line is beat to hell. But I'm going to take Justin Herbert to win. And Josh Jacobs not practicing is a little little scary. So I'm going to ride with the Chargers. This is definitely a play of my heart more than my head. Because I think, I mean, while the Raiders are already getting love because the Chargers were three-point favorites now. They're only two-point favorites. The Chargers only win close games, so if they win, they're going to probably be covered right at the two. Yeah. Sunday Night Football. Why was this not flexed for the Bengals or the, and the Chiefs or the Niners and Dolphins? Are we not allowed to flex games yet? Because the Cowboys are ten and a half point favorites against the Colts. Uh, well, we already know where I'm leaning towards who's gonna win. It's Dallas. I got screwed last week by taking Dallas as double point favorites. But the Colts they're not that good. Oh, brother. Dallas, my two, the two reasons that uh, is keeping me from taking them with the ten and a half points confidently is that they've already been bet up by a point and a half. And on top of that, they do stupid things to keep bad teams in the game. They commit the most amount of penalties besides the Broncos for the third time in the last, or for the third consecutive season, excuse me. And they've turned the ball over twice, two out of the last three games. I'll take Indy plus the ten and a half. At least this way, if there's some stupid backdoor cover, I benefit from it this time. You're probably going to be able to get the Colts at 11. Not that it's going to make a difference. It's not really a key number in football. (sighs) 
But I expect that number to go up towards the end of this week. Yeah, Colts are, Colts are bad. They're a bad football team, and they should be down by this much. They lost by seven to the Steelers, for crying out loud. All right. Last game of the week. The Saints are four-point dogs against the Bucks. Bucks coming off a an egregious loss against the Browns. They were six-and-a-half-point favorites, and they bet down to four. I'm taking the Saints plus the four, even with all the injuries that they've sustained, even with the fact that they're not nearly as good as they were the last several years. And that weird game that they had against the, the Bucks earlier in the season, that game was 3-3 three to three pretty much the entire game until the last 10 minutes when some plays broke for the Bucks, and then they won 20-3. to three. I'm taking the Saints plus the points, and I'm taking the Saints to win. I have no faith in the Bucks. They they're not a Super Bowl contender. I do not expect them to be able to win three games in a row. Brady only seems to connect with guys five yards in front of him, that being Godwin and whoever is the running back for him. Him and Mike Evans just don't have that connection this year for whatever reason. And the Saints, outside of the playoffs and this year, they own the Bucks. And by own, I mean they destroy the Bucks in the regular season. The 9-0 game comes to mind. The 38-3 comes to mind. <clears throat> they won, I believe, 24-15 in Brady's first start as a buck. Yeah, I'm, I'll take the Saints out of pure spite. All right, with that, that's going to do it for the games this week. Let's do some Christmas-themed movies. This is my favorite list for Christmas. I think next week, um, the thought popped in my head, I'll do the, the five favorite video games I like to play during the Christmas season. Not necessarily Christmas-themed, but games that evoke that comfort and that warmth, that joy that Christmas emanates, at least for me. So, I'll start with some honorable mentions. Um, these These... First two honorable mentions, they're not movies, they're, they're TV shows, but it's every single Christmas episode from The Office and How I Met Your Mother. These are two of my favorite sitcoms of all time, despite How I Met Your Mother having one of the most egregiously bad endings to a TV show ever. And then Game of Thrones came in and said, oh, hello, mind if I top you? Um... But they have great Christmas-themed episodes, and so does The Office. I watch, I'll go through each season and watch the episodes back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. They're phenomenal. Um, if I had to pick my favorite one from The Office, it would probably be... Um, it's hard to beat the White Elephant and Yankee Swap episode. It's the first one they ever did. And it's still probably the best one. Um, I do enjoy the Benihana Christmas too. Where they go and Michael finds a girlfriend after photoshopping himself onto his, well, then girlfriend, soon to be ex-girlfriend's Christmas card. And then for How I Met Your Mother, I don't really have a favorite one that sticks out. I, I like the one where they all get snowed in and Ted and Barney run the bar. For the night, that's a fun one. Yeah, okay. 
trying to think if there was any other TV shows that I watched Christmas episodes of. There's not really. But all right, moving on to the more honorable mentions for movies, at least. Christmas with the Cranks. This movie is awful. It is terrible. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. I don't care. I watch it almost every year for Christmas. I don't know why, because it's not good. There's really no redeeming character in the movie. The premise of it is bad. You've got Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis just trying to get away and enjoy a Christmas vacation on a cruise ship. Everyone in the neighborhood is like aghast by that notion. that You can't spend Christmas on a boat. And the whole movie is them trying to justify it to their friends and family of why they won't be around for Christmas. It's a really stupid premise because people go away for Christmas all the time. And I think that you would understand because their daughter went away for the first Christmas ever. So it makes sense why you wouldn't want to be home for that. Uh, it's bad. It's a guilty pleasure. I love it. All the same. All right. Batman Returns is another one. And yes, this movie takes place during Christmas. It is a very Christmas-centric movie. One might forget that because it's a Tim Burton movie. So despite it being Christmas and full of joy, Tim Burton's got to go and make it the weirdest form of Christmas you've ever seen outside of that overrated nonsense, uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. I, I, don't, I don't understand the love for that movie. Um this is a movie I'll watch like every five years. I think that it is the worst Batman movie ever. Yeah, I just said that. I think it's worse than Batman and Robin. Because at least with Batman and Robin, I can have a good time making fun of how bad it is. Batman Returns makes the sin that I find to be unforgivable when it comes to movies. It is boring. Not boring like... Uh, it's a slow burn. You know, there's not a lot of action. Not not like that. There is action. And for the the action for for its part is okay. It so little feels like it's happening. The main villain of the movie Penguin, his motives are very weird and strange. He's not a short stout crime boss. He's a actual penguin who grew up in the sewers. And his goal is to kill all the firstborns of Gotham because he was the firstborn and cast away by his parents. Um, and Batman's sort of in the movie. It's not, it's not a good movie. I, I, it's, it's a movie that I can never watch in one go. I have to break it up and watch it in multiple parts. I'll watch it during Christmas because it's Batman, sort of. And it takes place during Christmas, despite having Tim Burton's weird filter on everything. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman is really good, but yeah, I have it as honorable mention just for that. If it was a good Batman movie, I'd have it in my top five easily because Batman during Christmas, much like the most recent The Batman movie taking place during Halloween, Batman during the holidays of any kind, I love can we get another Batman movie during Christmas, please? Get like a Mr. Freeze theme going. That'd be that'd be cool. Alright. Another one, real quick. Empire Strikes Back. I don't know why I associate it with Christmas, but for some reason it's always popped into my head whenever I think of Christmas movies. 
I don't know if it's because of the snow for the first third of the movie on Hoth. Because there's no Christmas theme at all <laughs> in it. Uh, there is the Christmas special for Star Wars, but we don't talk about that. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, I can find to shoehorn Star Wars into a list, I probably will. And that's, that's probably what I'm doing right now. Alright, the last honorable mention is A Christmas Story. This used to be one of my favorite Christmas movies growing up. Um, watched it all the time. TBS had the 24-hour marathon for it um, every year. Uh, I, I don't know. It's it's a weird movie. Despite it being filmed and released in the 80s, it feels like it was a movie that was made in the 50s and 60s. Partially because that's when it's set. But, I, I don't know. There's There's just some weird... It's such a it's just weird. It's a very weird movie. Everyone's kind of a dick. And yeah. It's it's gone lower on my list to the point where I don't watch it every year anymore. Just, you know, it is it is what it is with that. Okay. Moving on to the top 5. I'll put Die Hard at 5. Because I really love Die Hard the movie. I don't care to have the argument whether or not it's a Christmas movie. If it's set during Christmas, you know, whatever. Because we'll get to a movie later that's set during Christmas. That could have been set during any other time of the year. But it's amplified because it's Christmas. And I think that's what Die Hard is. When you can have a movie set at any point of time during the year and it won't affect the story. But you put it during Christmas, it makes the movie better. It's Die Hard. Uh, I don't love the Die Hard franchise. I I like the first one. I like the third one. The second one's okay because I like the setting, being in an airport. But Bruce Willis has never been one of my favorite actors ever. And he's never been one of my favorite action hero uh, actors. I've always been an Arnold guy. Uh, But Die Hard's a great movie. It is. (laughs) And that's pretty much all I have to say about it. Alright, moving on to number four, Christmas Vacation. This is a movie that's replaced a Christmas story on my list because I didn't watch this movie growing up. But I think because I watched it now, uh, at least in the last six or seven years, almost every year, it's become one of my favorite movies. I love the Griswolds. I love the Vacation movies. Well, I love the first one and I love the Christmas one. Uh, Clark Griswold is an awesome character. Chevy Chase is awesome. Um... I really love this movie. It's it's grown on me so much over the last couple of years to the point where it's number four on my list. All right, this is this is the top three. If I had to get rid of every other Christmas movie except for these three, I think I'd be okay. Number three is Jingle All the Way, starring the aforementioned Arnold Schwarzenegger. I for sure watch this movie every single year. I love it to bits. Takes place in Minnesota. It's a great setting for Christmas because uh, it's always snowing. You've got the Mall of America. The entire premise is Arnold looking for a Turbo Man toy. I can relate. Um, him getting into shenanigans at the Mall of America, you know, chasing a kid through a playground, uh, beating up a bunch of uh, faux Santa Clauses uh, to his conflict with Sinbad at the end of the movie. It's a bad movie. I love it. You've got Jake Lloyd, soon to be Anakin Skywalker, being a little turd pretty much throughout the entire movie. Um, 
Arnold being a bad dad at the beginning. You've got, what's his face? Phil Hartman being a pervert and creeping on Arnold's wife during the entire movie. This movie has everything. Everything you can want from a Christmas movie. It's got action. It's got laughs. It's got fun. The only part of the movie that really falls apart for me is the end when he turns into Turbo Man and he starts flying around in a jetpack. It, it kind of loses me at that point. <laughs> Nothing else before that lose, lost me, you know, fighting a warehouse full of Santas or impersonating a police officer or a bomb going off at a radio. None of that got to me, but him flying in a jetpack was like, all right, it's time to end this movie, which thankfully it ends pretty much right after that happens. But I love this movie. I'll watch it every year. Much like these next two movies. Because number two... Well, I'll spoil one here. Because number two and number one are Humble and One and Two. They are my all-time favorite Christmas movies ever. I watch them every single year. Not back-to-back, but, you know, interspersed here and out throughout December. They have everything I want from a Christmas movie. I've watched them ever since I was a kid. They've stuck with me. They're fun. They've got enough things for kids to enjoy, but also the adults to watch them and have a good time. Macaulay Culkin is phenomenal. And then you've got Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern being Marvin Harry, my two favorite terrible bandits of all time. I, I, I can't say enough about these movies. They are comfort movies. You know, for an hour and a half, life fades away and all. And all that matters is just watching these movies. Um, everything from the soundtracks to the <laughs> downright terrible parenting tactics of... Oh my gosh, what's her name? I can't... I, I forget her name. The mom. Oh, what's her What's her name? Oh, it's going to kill me. I don't know. It might come to me in a few seconds. And the dad who plays the dirty cop on The Sopranos and then gets axed after one season. Um, How do you let this happen twice? I don't know. I don't think these movies would work nowadays. Being that everything is online and we're always connected. So you can just FaceTime your kid and be like, hey, did we leave you at home? Yeah, okay, cool. We're coming back to get you. These are movies of their times. I mean, case in point, they've made like six sequels after these first two. And none of them have ever recaptured the magic. I think a lot of it has to do with Macaulay Culkin just being extremely, extremely good in the role. It's every child's dream to be home alone, to eat whatever you want, to hang out. But at the end of the day, you miss your family. Uh, I, I, I struggle with which one is my favorite because the first one is so simple. It takes place in Chicago, pretty much in one house. And that's that. You know, it goes to the store. Um, twice and all that. Um, but it's it's pretty concentrated. The second one, obviously, he's in New York City. So you've got that flavor. Um, but I think I think I like the first one because it's so much. It, it's it's simple. It's it's the house. He's defending it. The booby traps aren't super crazy. The second one <laughs> goes a little bonkers to the point where I don't know how Marvin and Harry are alive at that point. The one that, that always gets me in Home Alone 2 is when Harry, uh, his head is lit on fire and he decides to jump into the toilet with gasoline, not knowing it's gasoline, and then it explodes. And all that all that he has is some charcoal dust on his face. I, 
I, I could talk about these movies all day long. My my tradition is to, for for some reason, get Panda Express, get two orange chickens, some Beijing beef, and then half fried rice and half white rice. Sit down with a glass bottle of Mexican Coke, and watch Home Alone. I love these movies to bits. Uh, like I said, I'll watch them from the day, till the day I die. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want. I mentioned the music. John Williams is amazing. And then the um, borrowed songs that they use. Like All Alone for Christmas, like I mentioned. Uh, and the top five Christmas songs um, I love. <sighs> I think that's... Yeah, I talked about Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as Marvin Harry. They, they're they also another reason why these two movies stand out against the other four um, oh, and John Candy being in the first one, too. That's another reason to favor the first one. And then also the scary person who turns out to be a good guy. You, know, you had the bird lady in the second one, and then you had the old man in the first one. I think I like the old man more because the second one. The second one is basically Home Alone 1 Part 2 in New York. That's that's all it is. It's the same exact movie right down to mom finding Kevin, and they have a big embrace, and they all get to celebrate Christmas together the next day. Um, but Home Alone 2 also has the old man in the candy shop. I forget his name, but he was, he's in a ton of movies in the 90s that I love. Uh, his name is escaping me too, but the, the old kind man, uh, in the, in the Christmas toy shop. Um, he, he's great. He's got that really nice, warm and loving presence. But yeah, those are my two favorite Christmas movies ever. And I will not hear any arguments to the contrary. They are the two best. They're they're easy to watch. They're not too long. They're both like an hour and a half each. You can watch them in one evening, no problem. And they're just great. Because you love the... You root for Kevin. And you root to see Marvin Harry die in a million ways, but never actually get killed. Oh, and the other one in Home Alone Part 2 that always gets me is when they fall into the hole, get hit by the steel pipe, Kevin cuts the steel pipe. The pipe runs down the stairs and lands on their chest. They decided to not move at all or attempt to move. And they just kind of took it like real men. Uh, oh, and then Marv being turned into a skeleton after getting electrocuted too. Yeah. So, so they definitely should be dead. Um, and, and it speaks to these two movies that they made four sequels. They made the one with the kid... With with the with the computer chip, I don't, I don't remember any other names. I know Scarlett Johansson was in the third one, and then they made a fourth one where apparently Marv was the big bad guy with a new compadre. I don't know. I don't remember their name. I know it was a lady. Uh, that movie sucked. And then the fifth one I never saw, and then the most recent one they had for Disney Plus. Like all alone, like the uh, um, Aaron from the office was one of the burglars, but they actually weren't burglars. They were trying to get something that was supposedly stolen. So stupid! Like you can't make these movies anymore, given modern day connotations. Everyone's every kid's got a phone or an iPad. Parents, the phone lines aren't going to be down ever, unless there's a global catastrophe. They are movies of their times. They're movies of my youth, of my childhood. 
Uh, I'm looking at them right now, and I'm half tempted to watch them because it's snowing outside right now. And what better way to get in the Christmas spirit than that? All right, that is going to do it on this week's episodes. The first episode is already out. came out on Tuesday. This one will obviously be out on Thursday, and if you listen to the end... Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed this, be sure to give us five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as follow me at John H. Van Dyke for all show updates. And I'll talk to you guys next week.